0: Rainman Digital on the air by pledging to our Patreon page. Uh, your continued support allows us to continue to make great content and offer even better features in the future. Help us keep the lights on in the studio by pledging one to ten dollars a month. Go to Patreon.com/RainmanDigital to pledge.
1: Blimey! Ooh, this is one out of a jam, guy. You got morning.
2: House of Mystery contains demons, angels, elementals,
0: magicians, wizards, avaritions, adult language, and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not enter the House of Mystery. All right, then. I'm with the show. All right, hello. Welcome, everyone, to the House of Mystery, the John Constantine and Friends podcast. I am Michael Flores, the host and curator of tonight's show and welcome to the house of mystery i have been in quarantine so i'm not wearing any pants right now i'm relaxed and i'm in studio with david or i'm sorry in the house of mystery with david hello dave hold on a second mic's not working How's that there we go
2: so the house of mystery is now turned into a rave I see
0: yeah well Dave we're doing a live show on a Friday night I'm drinking wine uh, that's why your mic was off because <laughs> I think uh, I might have drank too much
2: well dude as long as basically it's not like the the demon mansion that we d- discussed in one of the house of mysteries Mm-mm. from the from the animated movie no. I don't want to go into a painting and be tortured to death.
0: No, 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 no. Nothing like that. When I drink wine, I'm happy. So the night nurse is with us right now. And um, God, she I will also She will be here all night as well. <laughs> a little TMI. But isn't that what this show is? Like, isn't there tons of TMI? Don't we just get a little... We go a little too far sometimes, right?
2: Because the house of mystery goes into the darker corners of our mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So today... We are going to discuss, review, break down DC's new 52 Constantine Volume 1, The Spark and the Flame, which consists of Constantine issues number 1 through 6. Are you ready, Dave? Oh, this is something that we've
2: been waiting for for quite some time because now we have to... We've been talking about Constantine, how old school Constantine fans love him. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to be talking about new Constantine. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: strap yourself in. This is going to be a divisive conversation here because Dave, I don't know how I feel, honestly, because going into the way back time machine when this had originally dropped and I read it, I was um, I didn't hate it, but I was upset about a lot of it. But now that it's all said and done, and I understand what they were doing, objectively, it's not horrible. It's yeah, just very different.
2: It's very, very different. And honestly, I was really critical on this when this first came out. I think a lot of Hellblazer because
0: you were you were an old school Hellblazer fan.
2: Not just that. I mean, like the as an old school Hellblazer fan, yes. But you had one of the best writers at that time covering this title Milligan? which was uh jeff lemire
0: oh well he didn't really flex his creative muscles in this issue
2: uh, yeah i mean like it felt like jeff lemire was kind of like he he was held back because like if you know some of his past works i mean especially like sweet tooth and uh oh, the number one that everyone talks about with Jeff Lemire is Animal Man.
0: Yeah, well, Dave, t- to be honest with you, after reading these issues, I never have ever wanted to read anything by Jeff Lemire.
2: And that's what a lot of people, when this first came out,
0: said. because His career like, took a tumble after this.
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of like the luster that was on his name kind of wore off. And just like what you alluded to, I mean, when you actually... Now that everything's done and we get to actually see what the overall game plan was for Constantine to put him into the new fifty-two, right? We kind of understand it, and we kind of understand why Jeff Lemire, just as creatively,
0: had to be held back because I don't think he was held back, Dave. For me, I think uh, it was uh, his, I think it was his own doing, and I'll and we'll get into why. Yes, okay, because you know what let me let me save it because i don't want to jump
1: too far ahead but yeah. the this
0: title besides the obvious is regarded to some as divisive due to how the series came about because at this time the original john constantine hellblazer title was still being published but it would soon come to an end make room for DC's massive marketing push. Known as the new 52. Yes. And that's what really rubbed people the wrong way. Because many people were like well okay you want to bring a new 52. There's tons of different titles out there with with characters that aren't directly tied into the, the main DC title. You have side stories all the time. You have the Elseworld titles. You can bring in Constantine And do what you want in this world, but also keep the Vertigo stuff going. Mm -hmm. But no, they brought it to an end and canceled an issue that was running for years, 300 titles or 300 issues. And it was just canceled because DC decided they wanted to revamp their line, their their IPs. And that's why so many people were upset. Because of the cancellation of a title that wasn't floundering. Yes, at times when you're close to 300 issues, sometimes the stories can can get a little stale, right? Yes. But that wasn't the case with Hellblazer. I mean, Peter Milligan, who had written, I believe, issue 250 through 300 for Hellblazer was on his A-game. He wasn't oh, yeah. doing anything wrong, and yet, hey, you know what? We're going to do a little marketing shift, everyone, and this means some cancellations. All right, cool. We're, what are we going to cancel? Some titles that aren't being read that much, that have no fan base? No, we're going to actually cancel Hellblazer. <laughs> Wait, what, the, what f- the fuck? Fuck. Wait, what, Are you? You're joking, right? No, 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 no. We're going to go ahead and do that. Because uh, unfortunately, that world is a little too scary for us. Yeah, and we <laughs> want to bring him into the main. We want him to play with Superman. And Batman, like what? What, what the fuck is this? Is this, a, is this April Fool's? Come on, this isn't real.
2: We want him to to uh, to kind of bang Wonder Woman. What?
0: <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> now that's the first good idea you've had. <laughs> so when this happened, I had very strong feelings about it, and as I said at the top of the show, in retrospect. The new 52, Constantine, was not a complete failure. Was it different? Absolutely. Very different. But looking back, this marketing gimmick ultimately did what it was intended to do. And yes, the new 52 overall, even to this very minute, is considered a failure to most people. To
2: most people, but when you actually... A big
0: disappointment.
2: When you actually look at... The long game to New 52, you begin to see that basically what they were able to do was they were able to take titles and characters that were floundering before New right. 52, all of a sudden change them up, make the fans, you know, care. miss them yeah. and care about them, yeah. and suddenly they have to bring them back. Right. They do that to Superman, they did it to Batman. Constantine, this was the perfect example of that.
0: Well, yes, with the, with making him disappear from Hellblazer. But when you look at. In my opinion, OK, the single greatest thing the new 52 did was it did do exactly what they wanted to do. It brought Constantine to mainstream appeal. There were a lot of people. That, yes, I've heard of him. I saw his title on the mature rack under Vertigo. I never really wanted to go there because I I more I read these over here. There are a lot of people like that, and I'm not d- diminishing them as comic book readers. I'm not talking bad about them, but there are, and I understand. There are some people that don't watch certain things yeah. on TV because of the mature factor. I get it, mm-hmm. and the same thing applies for comics, so I understand that. So the goal Was to bring Constantine into the mainstream, essentially, and say, hey, here's a character that can benefit from a little mainstream appeal. He's a character with years of mythos. Let's have some fun with him. Let's use him to do a few things that hasn't quite worked well. On the mainstream side of things. Mm -hmm. And yes overall the New 52. Didn't work out as well as DC had hoped. But it did make room for a new. Constantine fan base. By bringing this character. From the pages of Vertigo. And into more of a. Mainstream aspect. They exposed millions of people. Who otherwise never would have heard. Or cared about this character. And I will say for me. The absolute best thing. To come from the New 52. Besides the injection of new life for John Constantine as an IP. Okay. As an IP. Is. Justice League Dark led by JC himself. Oh yeah. Yes. I do have some strong feelings at times about some of the writing within JLD. But overall the concepts. The stories. The backdrops. Were very cool. And it was something very different. And it was a great way to introduce new readers. To the faces of magic. Yes. So that was the point. That was the point. Exactly. And looking at it from that point of view, it is a success. But ultimately, as an idea, the new 52 failed. And I'm working As we're an idea get, and financially. Right. And we're not going to get into all of that because this is a new 52 show. We're no. talking about Constantine. Mm hmm. Now, we've got to focus our conversation, and to make this a bit more formal, let's get into the details here, Dave. Okay. Constantine Volume 1, The Spark and the Flame, which consists of Constantine Issues 1 through 6, was written by Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox. hmm It includes a quest to find the last piece of a powerful mystic artifact and Constantine's run-in with the power of Shazam. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't know how I feel about that. There was a moment in these issues where Constantine essentially stole the power of Shazam. I believe in issue five. <laughs> yes. And was it cool to see Constantine have the Shazam power? Yes. It was ridiculous. It, it was ridiculous. That's the next thing I was about to say. But yes. it was ridiculous because it really didn't serve any story. And that's How you can look at a lot of the new 52 and Constantine. There are cool moments. You're like, that is really cool. A little over the top. But that's the whole point. Right. It is the whole point. But then it's missing the 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 nuanced story aspect. There it's missing the why. Why did you do that? Okay, you did it, but why? And that's something the, the regular Vertigo Hellblazer title is doing currently right now under Cy Spurrier's leadership. And of course, old pre new 52 Hellblazer, right? Oh yeah. There was always a why behind what was happening. And I felt like it was a lot of flash and coolness without the actual substance Substance behind it. Behind
2: it. Yeah. And especially it's even more jarring to a character like Constantine, because you got to remember one of the core content uh, tenants of Constantine as a character well it, it's one of his most famous sayings you cheat the system and you have to expect and it tries co- uh, to compensate nobody really understands how or why but it does magic is costly <laughs> and you I don't, take what it didn't you didn't earn but you have to pay for it yeah
0: and when he says you don't know how or why? I'm like, no, like explain how or why, because in uh, in, fact, exactly. in the books of magic you explain uh, of why. Uh, the 93 <laughs> series that we covered there is a why, yeah. and we understand why, but for some reason in the new 52, Jeff Lemire was like, I'm gonna have him just say, hey, we don't know why but there's a cost, we always knew, we knew. why, we always knew why and we know that the there's a and cost what, and the why and the how And the because is what defines Constantine as a character. Yes. It's his motivation. It's his core motivation. And that's why this series frustrates me. Because Mm -hmm. those moments. Jeff, did you never read Constantine?
2: Well, here's the problem with Lemire's writing, especially in the very beginning. There's times when you think he wants to say something, but then he doesn't. And it's like just as a, uh, as a Lemire fan that I was coming off of animal man, where he, his writing was fantastic.
0: He explains why everything works mm-hmm. in that universe. So you're saying he was stunted a bit. You think he was, I honestly feel, yeah, yeah. He, I,
2: it feels like he's stunted. He's like, I want to tell you why, but, Oh wait, here's this. Here's, here's Constant saying we don't need to know the why. So
0: I, I guess I shouldn't. Okay. But well, this is why I don't agree with you, Dave on that. And usually you and I are always agree. And again, I have never read Jeff Lemire stuff except this. Okay, so I will also say that you have read Jeff's other work. Yeah, but Peter Milligan did a great job with the first volume of Justice League Dark. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't realize that Peter Milligan, again, being the man that was writing Hellblazer up until it got canceled, was also tasked to start Justice League Dark. And I was completely just drawn in with that first volume. I was like, this is different, but really cool. Loved it. It was a great starting point. And then he leaves after volume one because he was just there to get it started. And guess who takes over? Jeff Lemire. Jeff Lemire. And he starts with his own version of the books of magic and it's a fucking disaster it's a disaster it's a disaster of a story and that's why I have never managed to be a true fan of Jeff Lemire because he has lots of good ideas he does in fact that's what a lot of the critics were saying Yeah, back in 2011 2013 when this all started great concepts
1: cool settings what but- where's your story bro
2: exactly where's your writing at i mean think about think about how the this particular volume opens up Mm -hmm. you have john constantine traveling from place to place for the first time because you gotta remember all of constantine's stories have taken place in london right and suddenly we're seeing john travel from new york uh, from london to new york and we don't know why
0: until later we don't even know why. No, we kind of get the idea. I want to say in issue four, issue four, yeah, issue but in four, the first you f- issue, you, you, you no have no, reason. you have no idea why he's in the United States. Exactly. Yeah. Th- that's a There's problem. None.
2: That's a problem. And then even, even toward the end when you get introduced
0: to, because they don't say anything in Justice League Dark either, do they? No. Which was running what two years before this, mm-hmm. and, and I don't rem- And I read all of it, and overall I like it, but. I don't think they ever mentioned why. Why he travels so much. In fact, I remember in the first volume, he was pulled over because of Madame Xanadu. <laughs> she pulled him over into where they were at. Yes. But then he never went back. But then these issues in issue four, they allude to the fact that there's a curse and he can't go back or he'll dies. or he'll die. I'm yeah. like,
2: well, when did that happen? When did, when that did this, happen? When this curse happen? Great idea. Just like what you said
0: about Lemire, great idea. And Dave, if we miss something out there, let's say there's a side story or we just have forgotten because it's been a lot of years, please tweet us at hellblazerfan and let us know if we miss something as to why he, when this curse happened, which I, the curse was, I don't want to jump all over the place, but, but go, yeah. go ahead, Dave, go ahead. But like. And and then on
2: top of that, so you introduce a cool concept, a cool idea, doesn't go anywhere. Yes, later on we get to a, a, a slight allusion to it, but it's again, a great idea, no execution. And then even further on, in the beginning of your story, you introduce to me, which was a cool concept, which was the cult of the cold flame. Oh
1: yeah, definitely.
2: And you tie it to Sorcerer Sargon Well. And, yeah. And like mainstream
0: version, mainstream st- version, which is a true. hot daughter with big boobs and her ass hanging out.
2: But here's the thing. Cool concept, right? Mm-hmm. Does it even amount to anything?
0: No, nothing. Well, right. The execution it, is not non-existent. And that's why I'm so torn with this issue, because I will say I did enjoy it because, yes, we essentially get a story about. A John Constantine that has now moved from London to New York, like you've mentioned, and we're tossed into a story rather quickly that revolves around something called the Croydon's compass, I believe. And that is a cool concept. Cool concept. The concept was designed or I should say the compass was designed by a mad wizard named Angus Croydon. And he had committed murder and cannibalism in order to fuel the power of the compass. How cool is that? That's that a is cool idea. Amazing. That is fucking awesome. Awesome <laughs> concept. I cannot get more on board with that idea. I mean, the compass is dangerous in the hands of evil because it can point the direction to any magical resource. I mean, talk about pushing, pushing the envelope in terms of risk and really bringing the idea And the full concept of magic into the regular DC imprint. It works. The concept is amazing. And, you know, John is tossed in this whole scenario because he's intent on keeping it out of the hands of evil. But my biggest issue with that concept is what are they all about? We're introduced to Sargon, right? Yes. Uh, Sorceress Sargon. Yes, sorcerer, sorcer, which is the daughter. Okay, which is this is her first appearance. Cool concept, cool character. Uh, Mister E, love the original version of Mister E.
2: Mm-hmm. Zatara.
0: Zatara have- is in flashbacks because they're giving you the the backdrop of the 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 forefathers of the cult of the cold flame, the cold flame. So that's all awesome. But in the very first volume. You're given all of these things. You know, you were, for example, with Mr. E, you replace this twisted, complicated individual that wrestles with an inner evilness. That's the type of character he is, or yes. he was. And you sand it down to a very simple run-of-the-mill villain mm-hmm. whose apparent desire is just power. Again, there is no why. Why? Why? Do you want that power? There's always two complicated villains. When you have a complicated villain like Mr. E, for example, in the books of magic, the 1993 book series that we had covered, Mr. E wasn't entirely on the up and up. No, I would even say at that time, even though he was working on the good side of things, he was a man that was dangerously close to being evil. Oh, absolutely. Okay, but you understood why he was evil and why he was doing what he was doing. Do I feel empathy for him? No. Do I understand his perspective? Yes, I do. With this version of Mr. E, it's just I want the compass cuz I want power. Well, why do you want the power? What do you want to do? <laughs> exactly. There is no there's no why's to anything. And if and
2: and the frustrating part about the Mr. E part is like if he's a character that's totally based on I just want power. Um, you're coming from a series of the, the books of magic oh, where he's so dealing good. with the most powerful. <laughs> he's, he's dealing with the most powerful being in magic that just came about in. Uh, oh my God. I forgot the character's name, Tim. Right. In Timothy mm-hmm. Hunter. Yeah. And I'm like, Greg, you just want, you know about, you remember Tim, right? Right. Mystery? If you just want power, well,
0: what about him? Well, that's the thing is that these are... Ver- okay, so John Constantine, this is why it gets confusing. So this version of John Constantine has all of the history of the Vertigo John Constantine. the Vertigo John Constantine. He has the history. They mentioned Newcastle. They mentioned various other things. So it is that John Constantine. But at this moment, he jumped into the the world of the of the surreal of the capes where of the capes. And yes, capes existed in the vertical run. That's not something we're going to argue. He did it. They did, but there was a more grounded aspect to the vertical run. This is not grounded. This is 100% in the world of Superman up, up and away team ups, crossovers, flying people, women in hot pants. Like it's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing. And it's fine, it's cool, and it serves its purpose. But John Constantine shares the same past. This John Constantine shares the same past as the one we knew in Vertigo. Uh But many of these other characters don't. And that's what was frustrating about it. Honestly, it's confusing. It's confusing to a reader of the Vertigo runs, or the older DC run, uh, or fans of the Trenchcoat Brigade. You're like, yeah. wait a second. Who? Why does Mr. E look like uh, um, a, a, a Joker character without the makeup? Without
2: with... the makeup. And why does he look like a vampire? Well,
0: <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it was a little confusing. So those are some of the things I wrestled with. Now, Volume 1 is, and this could be the very reason, maybe Jeff Lemire was just handed more than he can, he can handle. And that's not a bad thing. We all have our limits. Yeah. Um, volume 1. Is a bit of a mixed bag. Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox were essentially tasked with a lot of things at once. Starting a new era of Constantine. New stories, characters, settings. While also trying to work in the big DC crossover that was also going on at this time. Which was the Trinity War. It was an 11 issue comic book story arc. (laughs) Yes. Okay, now the 11 issues just was the main story. Because then you had an endless amount of side tie-in stories. I, I'm i in the middle of rereading them just so I can have more um, perspective Understand or it. context of, of the Constantine Volume 1. When I had decided we were going to cover this, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read. I'm going to go back and reread the entire Trinity War as well co- so I can see how... The world of Constantine is being affected at this time. And for the most part, we're probably going to cover it, Dave. So get ready. I know you don't like the Trinity War, but we're going to cover it eventually because it has a lot to do with, uh, or I should say the Justice League Dark played a big part in the the Trinity
2: War. Well, the problem with the New 52 now is, yes, I'm not a big fan of the New 52 and the Trinity War, but then with the current landscape of like... (laughs) DC.
0: Right, yeah.
2: Then it all comes into focus and you begin to realize there was a there was a method to this madness. There was a method to the madness, and it, yes. And I'm like, hey, I give them props. It took them how many years to get to this point? And suddenly we all now understand the whole point of New 52, not just on a commercial basis. It was just messy. But on a narrative. And it it's all gets explained in this epic moment that I personally liked. I liked the... You know, the whole uh, Doomsday Clock storyline was yeah really interesting. And then when you get to the payoff and you say, this is why the new 52 happened. And this is why all the characters are now changing back. Right. And it's like, okay,
0: that's pretty impressive. It took you all the this years to, for this buildup. And we don't even know really if that was the original plan because wasn't the... The stated plan of the New Fifty Two was to bring in the magic characters, right? Oh yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that's why you had the Trinity War crossover. Yeah, the Trinity War crossover because that was directly tied into the the world of magic. Because not only again, Jeff Lemire and Ray Fox weren't just working on reintroducing Constantine while working on Justice League Dark, while working on the Trinity War <laughs> crossover. <laughs> Guess what else they were tasked and a part of reintroducing Shazam, Shazam into the this version of DC continuity
2: and and with all of that it just it's too much it's too much but then you get to the payoff of doomsday clock and then hell uh, hellblazer the return of hellblazer it all comes into focus this is it, it this is all supposed to lead to the point of john's major storyline yeah. of be the better version of yourself, which is a fantastic so far.
0: You really think that's that's what they're trying? They weren't trying to work towards that. I think conveniently, I, 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 Cy Spurrier. I think it may is, be convenient. <laughs> Spurrier is a good writer, but here's the
2: thing: rereading the volumes uh, because, like, you know, we're rereading the volumes now. Yeah, and I'm looking at this, and now with the information I have, it flows way too
0: perfectly I think Dave we've had seven years to reflect and we don't hate it anymore yeah I think that's I, what it is because I don't I, 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 I used to hate it oh oh so did I and now that I'm going back and rereading I'm like ah you know what it's not horrible it's just not it is not John Constantine. it's not Constantine it's not it's just a it's a different version and that's why when you look back DC the decision makers probably should have just kept the original Hellblazer title running in parallel like hey if you want to bring John Constantine into the mainstream fine do it but why cancel a successful title here's the thing though a lot of fans have stated that just should have
2: continued Constantine but if you think about it if we did that we would never have Gaiman returning for the Sandman universe we just wouldn't
0: yeah you would never have well, we would never have known that would be a possibility. Yeah. So we wouldn't really miss it, would we, Dave?
2: <laughs> that's a lot of, and that's the thing. <laughs> it's so, it's so weird taking a look. At, like me and you have taken retrospective looks at past comics and they have their place etched in comic book lore, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I'll be honest, this moment when I was rereading everything, I realized without this issue, we are not at the place where me, where, where a lot of us, a lot of us fans are really happy with John Constantine. Without this, you don't get the current Hellblazer run that is being sold out everywhere. No,
0: I, dude, listen, that's <laughs> why I appreciate this. These iterations, these iterations of the new 52, because I adore the Justice League Dark. I oh, love it. Yeah. It's again, it's a complicated relationship that I have between Justice League Dark and myself. No, no. But I I love the New 52 because it brought the without the New 52, there would be no Justice League Dark. Yes, those characters existed beforehand. You know, we had Zatanna. We had Xanadu. We had Swamp Thing. We had Deadman. And Dr. Fate. We had, yes, we had these people. We had Constantine, but not as a group, not as a team. Not as a team. And to have that is something that I will always be grateful for. And ultimately, it led the way for this Constantine revival revival of sorts. And as I said at the top of the show, if they didn't do this, Constantine would not be as popular as he is right now. As he is right now. Now, now That's why it's a catch 22.
2: It's a catch 22. I mean, we get Tommy Willowtree out of this. No, oh, no. shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, let's tackle some some issues, I guess, with the character of Constantine himself, okay? Now, when it comes to John Constantine, what's new and different with this character? Right? Let's, let's talk about that. He's, he's not quite himself, as we have alluded
1: to. He looks like Constantine. He doesn't
0: talk like Constantine. No. He's missing a writer, and I think ultimately that might be the problem. He's missing a writer that truly understands not only his characterization, Dave, but are you ready for this? His culture. His speech patterns. His dialect. It's not remotely the same as it was during the Hellblazer runs. Mm -hmm. It felt like they heard a few British people speak. And then they throw in certain catchphrases that are cliche to British culture, but not true to how Constantine has spoken throughout the years. Yeah, that was my single great. I don't want to say single because I had other problems, but that was probably (laughs) my biggest problem. Is that I didn't feel like this was truly Constantine. He didn't, he didn't talk like him, but what really hurted this series ultimately more than anything, Constantine's motives. What was his motivation for any of this? Just like the villains, where's the why? Okay. So you wanted to prevent someone else from having, The power, but there were allusions to Constantine being dangerous and evil. And yeah, okay. So that that wasn't just me, right? No, it's not just you. I
2: I saw this too. And I was like, really, really confused at first, first couple issues seeing this because John doesn't do things
0: out of malice, He doesn't. That's the word, Dave, I was looking for. He doesn't. It it felt like we just had a guy that was hungry for control. And yes, he's an addict. But the subtle compassion that he has was kind of missing. In the very first issue, one of his friends died and he didn't even react to it. He's like, "Ah, well. Yeah, he just tosses him aside. And in other issues of Hellblazer, yeah, he might do the same thing. And he would move on because he he's very good. He's an expert at kind of shutting off his emotions, right? And feelings. Yeah. But we see that. We see him struggling. We see him trying to forget it. We see him attempting to block it out. And these issues, we didn't see any of the inner struggle. The inner struggle. I mean, taken into the parallel, okay? In the very
2: first issue when his... Friend ends up dying. Take that into parallel with what we saw in the recent Hellblazer. uh, With Willow Tree, with uh, the the storyline before Willow Tree, with the hobo. Yes, the hobo. When when that's right, he's telling the hobo. He's telling the hobo, hey, don't do this because this is what's going to happen. And I'm trying to save you at this point.
0: And, and never mind the fact, for, let, let's, we got to fill this up a little bit more, Dave. Now, remember that the hobo is racist. He's yes. killing people because he's prejudiced. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of shit. And yet Constantine is warning him and saying, listen, man, I if you don't stop. I'm going to be forced to do something. I don't want to. That's all you need. It yeah. shows a little compassion there. Yes, Constantine plays fast and loose many times. But he he's never not a human. He's never a, a stone. And when he does make those decisions that cost lives, which he does, you see him struggle with it.
2: And, and then when you get to the first issue where his friend is pleading not to die and he dies and suddenly you just see Constantine just want... Uh, you know walking off he
0: just lights a cigarette
2: oh well. he lights a c- cigarette and says sure you will and then basically just walks off and like, like what the hell john who the hell are you <laughs> yeah it, it
0: threw me off a bit it, yeah because,
2: it's it's it, it, the for me the new 52 constantine is missing the humanity yeah he's missing that human nature of john where That's what I'm saying. This feels like
0: just the surface of John Constantine. And that's all we really see is the exterior of John Constantine without really getting into that. And that may change. And we are going to cover volume two and volume three and volume four. And maybe we'll get into that eventually. I don't remember. But throwing myself back to 2003, 2004, I'm sorry, 2013, 2014, I kind of remember maintaining my anger. So we'll <laughs> see. We'll see if they change that a bit. But that's the reason why I, I never could get behind Jeff Lemire 100% because of some of those decisions. It felt like he's never read a Hellblazer comic before now. I mean, you could probably read two issues and, and to read two issues of one of the best written or I should say, read two issues written by one of the better writers that wrote Hellblazer, and I you would probably understand who this guy is. Mm-hmm. So now the decision to have Lemire write Constantine seems like a no-brainer, right? Because he was also in charge of the Justice League Dark series. There's that consistency there. Yeah. Uh, although originally, when this title was announced. Robert Venditti was originally attached as the creative team. He was going to be the writer. Are you familiar with his work at all? A little bit. Yes.
2: He was also one of the kind of like during that time, he was one of the really up and coming writers mm-hmm. uh, in DC's landscape. We're talking DC's landscape. And at first everyone was kind of saying, okay, yeah, let, He's going to do the Constantine, but when Jeff Lemire came into came into you know the whole pool of Constantine, everyone was more or less pitching for Lemire because Lemire was at that point coming off of Animal Man, hmm. and Animal Man was such critically
0: success. I might have to read Animal Man, because if you're blowing him this much, there's got to be something good about him.
2: What was great, what Lemire did, because in Animal Man, he was dealing with not just Animal Man, he was dealing with the concepts of the red and the green from Swamp Thing. And he did a fantastic job giving that backbone to kind of like beforehand, everyone understood the side of the green. But then Jeff Lemire went into the side of the red. Which was the polar opposite of the green. And it's it's the source of animal man's powers. You know, he could tap into all animals in the planet. Of course, they all have to be undead. But still, (laughs) he taps into the red. And he did such a fantastic job. When DC saw this, they said, you know what? He's coming off a hot title right now. Hmm. We need him on this title because Constantine's our bread and butter. You know, I'm not saying that just because I'm a big Constantine fanboy. But at that time, there was a huge push to try to make Constantine relevant and put him into the echelon of Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman. Especially with the introduction of Justice League Dark. Right. That's the whole point. Yeah. You got to put your best writer right on that title then. And everyone was like, yeah, put Jeff on it. Jeff Lemire will do fantastic. Look well, what he did with Animal Man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Look what he did with, with a character that was
0: at that point. Dave, Dave listen, I, I, I hear you, bro. I hear you. But and like, maybe you should give me something really. You know what? <laughs> I will be fair. Give me something that Jeff Lemire has written. I'll read it. Something that you feel is really well done. I, I think, will read it.
2: I think animal man, just read animal man.
0: Okay. That's because, what made me into a Jeff Lemire fan. Because, I mean, dude, the books of magic storyline and justice league dark is some of the worst comics I've ever read.
1: Yes. Sadly,
0: especially, and it was so upsetting because volume one with Peter Milligan was on point.
2: Well, a lot, so, of, I, I, a lot of comic book people have pointed out that Jeff Lemire did fantastic. If you don't, if you gave him titles that basically didn't have a lot of, they didn't require talent. No, like (laughs) responsibility. Like if it's not a big franchise, he does fantastic.
0: But then you gave him the big franchises. Okay. See what you can do with the books. And and maybe he was stressed. Maybe it was just too much going on. You know, and I will say there's some, there's some validity to that too, is like a lot of writers,
2: A lot of writers, I've always read articles where writers have dreaded writing for major characters like a Superman. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Or a Batman.
0: Yeah. Why do you want to face the wrath of idiots like me? Exactly. On social media. And then, let's face it. This is why
2: I say Constantine is a very iconic character. And he's big. He's not small scale. He's not. He's not Buddy Baker. He's not Animal Man. He's John freaking Constantine. He
0: has a cult following. He has
2: a cult following. Yeah. And then when you throw that onto a writer who's probably not up to the task of actually dealing with that type of stress, you get something like that. You know, no one can. No one can bat. You
1: know, no one can play with the big boys, so to speak. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well. I will say that
0: I'd like to have read what Robert Venditti had planned. I think so, too. Because after seven years of reflection, what What? ultimately didn't work for me was Jeff Lemire's involvement. Yeah, I mean, his story ideas were good. I didn't have a problem with the ideas. There are some pretty solid fucking ideas here. But I think he was the weak link, even in JLD, the weak link, because as I said, when he took over volume two, it was like night and day. You could feel the shift in writing quality. In fact, I remember being surprised. It's like, wait, what happened here? And I'm reading the very first issue he read or he wrote. And I'm like, this is off. I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't even I didn't notice that. They had handed off the reins to Jeff Lemire. I thought it was Peter Milligan still writing. So even before I knew there were different writers, I had already felt the difference when I was reading. You can feel the shift in quality. You can. And the problems I had with his JLD run were similar to the issues I had with the overall new 52 Constantine, except that Ray Fox did a much better job keeping the narrative tight. The concepts were interesting, but never fully explored. And I felt like Jeff Lemire had this idea that Constantine, as I said, was a villain of sorts mm-hmm. at times.
2: And and just to add to your to your what if scenario, right? Mm-hmm. If Venditti did it, look what Venditti went on to do. He went to actually he jumped onto yeah. Green Lantern at that point, yeah. and Green Lantern exploded on the scene. Like it became one of the hottest titles during that time, and one of the only really hot selling. Titles in the new 52
0: was Green Lantern. was it one of his titles also picked up and turned into a movie? I think was I it um up. surrogates? I think
2: so. Does that, that sound, sound right? That sounds right, I think. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the surrogates, his first comic book movie, the story, was later adapted into a feature film
0: starring Bruce Willis and Ving Rames. Oh, yeah, see? So he was definitely and when did that happen? What years were that? That was in, I think, around 2002. Oh, 2002. Okay. So he had already made a name for himself for a while. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So we also had the introduction. This is definitely worth mentioning. Um, We had the reintroduction of Papa Midnight. I want to say (laughs) an issue. Yes. Four, and I did like that issue I did, I, and, I did too. and the reason why because it was a more grounded issue that focused on Constantine as a person and that's my favorite issue of all of volume one because it was about a man who had no friends <laughs> pretty much <laughs> and I'm like okay yeah. this is fucking good
2: this is the, and, and the thing is that's, a, that's something that's very familiar to Constantine he's a man on his own You know, he he doesn't have many friends.
0: Yeah. And the fact that he doesn't want to tell anybody that he has no friends, but he goes about his business because it's basically a day in the life of Constantine. That's what issue number four is. He walks around. He stumbles into trouble. He realizes that his friends want to kill him. People are out to get him. And then we get the introduction of Papa Midnight, which holy shit, dude, for a regular mainstream DC title, the show beheadings. And bodies cut in half. That was intense. and their intestines hanging. I'm like, nice, good job. I'm glad they didn't refrain from at least a proper Papa Midnight type introduction. Now his wardrobe choices a, a little ridiculous. <laughs>
1: it, it
0: fits yeah. the new fifty. It fits the regular DC line. You know the the cape vibe. Yeah, the, the outlandish, hero. the outlandish, yeah, you know, over the top stylings. But I will say, issue four is definitely my favorite one because you cut away all the larger than life shenanigans, the villains that really didn't have a lot of development, and you just focused on Constantine. Oh, Constantine, yeah, and you saw him thinking, and that's the best part about Constantine. We want to be it's a he at at his core. The archetype or the genre that guides this storyline, or th- which serves as the transport for John Constantine's storyline, is a film noir. Mm-hmm. And you got to get inside the head of your protagonist, of your detective. Yes. Yes. And, and in issue four, there were those moments where we, we were truly able to get inside of Constantine's head.
2: And that's the thing that I think was missing out of the new 52, where. If you look at the Hellblazer and the Vertigo run of Constantine, Constantine is a detective. He's
0: is he the greatest he's detective? Thinking, <laughs>
2: he's 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 a thinking man's hero. You know, there's a he solves puzzles, he solves crimes, he figures things out.
0: He's like Columbo.
2: Here, and the the, the one thing I always had a problem with is like, well, what? what spell is John going to use to get himself out of this problem? And that's the trope that basically I was totally against with the new 52 Constantine is like, his magic is secondary. The power of Constantine in his is, is his freaking mind. mind. Yeah. His mind and his wit because he could talk himself out of cunning, any scenario. He, yes. And I, 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 I enjoyed this issue too, especially with the introduction of Papa Midnight, who's one of my favorite
0: characters. Right? We need <laughs> to cover his miniseries.
2: Papa Midnight is like, you want to do a story about him, but also you kind of don't because it's going to be really dark.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, and you might not like where you go. I hope um, the new Sandman the universe
2: brings, brings in Papa Oh, they oh, got to. They got to. Please. The, the only problem
0: is, is like, or at least a dead man. I'll go de- listen, dead man. Toss it up between dead man and Papa midnight. Those are my two favorites. Yeah. I will take either. Or I'll be happy with but either one.
2: The, the thing is about like with Constantine and trying to make him survive in a superhero uh, universe this is the problem that they had with with the new 52 Constantine. Is like, no, Constantine's out of his element at this point because the way he beats people, the way he he defeats the bad guy in the end, is he outwits them. Yeah. Because he at the end of the day, he's a detective. And he solves a crime. He solves the he solves the mystery. And It's one of those things that I think got gets overlooked in all of New 52 when it comes to Constantine is like, I really do not like like it when they focus on, oh, Constantine has to go find this artifact. Why does he need the artifact? (laughs) What's the cost that he has to take to do it? Oh, no, he just has to travel to Norway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And why does
0: he have? Uh, was it a pet store? Why does he have an entire store? like yeah. magician's room underneath the pet store? Underneath the, I mean, it's why, cool. Why is he in the United States? It's his States? bat cave. <laughs> it's his bat cave. But yeah. again, it's kind of like why isn't he? Do we know why he's not using the House of Mystery? I, I can't remember at this point. I think the House of Mystery was separate at this point because but like this is running at the same time as as Constantine. as the the Trinity War crossover, yep. which. He has the House of Mystery, so why is he hiding out in the bottom of a of a, a pet store <laughs> of a shitty pet you store? You have the House of Mystery. <laughs> it's almost like they're two separate stories, and, you, and, and and
2: that's the thing is like they never we're two separate this. universes.
0: Yeah, there's some inconsistencies even between J- JLD and the Constantine storyline. It feels like they're just a little messy. So you know, and honestly, Dave, we're not the only ones. The fans weren't the only ones that that had issues, which. Is sad, kind of, but even the announcement was met largely with disappointment from the industry.
2: Because a lot of people really, really questioned if he could, if this character could fit into the DC
0: universe. DC's own creators were iffy and disappointed with what was going on with Constantine. Because you got to remember, if you're writing comic books... You're probably a fan of Constantine. Yes. And one of the writers, Joshua Hale, uh, Cove, I want to say is how you pronounce his last name. He was the writer on I vampire, which in its own way, I vampire is actually pretty fucking charming. Oh, it, it is. It, okay. It is. You read it. I've read I it, vampire. D- dude, I, I really like it. I like it. It's a little melodramatic, but it's it fits into the whole vampire idea, you know, idea, especially in the DC landscape. Yeah, I I like it.
2: it, It's a very charming book.
0: Yeah. So he expressed sadness. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I remember this. I think I remember this. Publicly, he expressed sadness because he said he would never get to write the real Constantine. And he noted crime author and former Hellblazer writer Ian Rankin stating, also, Constantine was the only comic book character he ever wanted to write for. And comic writer Leah Moore expressed doubt that Constantine could replace Hellblazer, among others. Yeah. As a result, DC co-publisher Dan DiDio issued a statement defending this decision, stating <laughs> that Hellblazer has had a long and incredibly successful run. And that's a tip of the hat to all of the great creators that have worked on the book over the years. The new Constantine series will return him back to his roots. In the D.C.U. (laughs) In the D.C.U. universe. Okay, listen. Yes, back to his roots on the imprint that he had started on. But the imprint from, oh, come on, Dan Dio. You, you know better. That's why I think the that's why it was also think- very different. The reason why they even made Vertigo was so they can tell, continue these stories without changing what was happening on the DC mainstream side and without offending people and without worrying about the the rating systems and censor board. Let's put it on a mature title. That was the whole point. So Dan DiDio is a reasoning behind this, we're going to bring it back to its roots. <laughs> No, you didn't. You, <laughs> just, you just put it back on the imprint that it had started on. Yes. So, Constantine has received mixed reviews from critics, praising the story, but criticizing its characters, setting, and artwork. That's essentially what we had just been do- doing. Well, well we're, uh, the we're last okay that, with the story, right? Which yeah. is the, the story is generally the ideas. The story, the
2: ideas are really good. I mean, the last thing, too, is, like, even the artwork. I mean... Normally I I I forgot who the artist is that was covering um the title but at the time it really felt to me like the art was trying to be hellblazer it was desperately trying to be hellblazer with its quirky angles and oh look let's let's try to give more like let's make the characters look a little bit more I don't want to say this, but uglier. Let's make them look more scruffier looking so they look edgy. And I'm like going, all the art just is telling me is like, I want to be Hellblazer, but I
0: can't. (laughs) All right. So Dave, yes, very different. But honestly, this is where I'm okay with it. Uh, Renato Geitz, I believe is his name, is the artist for... At least the first volume of Constantine.
1: Now, going back into the time machine,
0: okay. Yes, vastly different style. You go from a film noir, like horror vibe, to something more Superman feeling. And yes, appropriately so, we're dealing with the main DCU, right? Yes. So I understand it. But I think at that time, it was shocking. But. reading this seven years later again, I'm actually okay with the artwork. I actually enjoyed it for the most part. It's not as creative, but that's also from the writing. You got to remember the scripting usually is what, it's just like a director for a movie. The scripting is telling the artist, yes, there's some leeway, they have some latitude, but for the most part, the writer's scripting out how all these panels will lay out because it's their story. It helps with their narrative. So I think Ronaldo did as good as he can.
1: <laughs> that's the thing that's with what,
0: with Lemire's coaching. I guess I, I that's think. what
2: it feels like. It's like Ronaldo's art is it's it's trying to get somewhere, but something's holding it back. I've always said that it's it's he's trying to capture that Hellblazer look. Yeah, I can't disagree, vibe.
0: and yet, but also at the same time, being a little more bright and yeah and friendly for new it, readers
2: especially when you get really close-up shots of Constantine and sometimes Constantine looks too pretty for his own
0: good yeah, he's a <laughs> lot younger you got to remember yeah. wasn't he 50 almost 50 years old in the later F- I think so that yeah. issues of of um, Hellblazer? Hellblazer yeah he's he's a little bit uh, more aged yeah so ageism thank you DC for that. Old people aren't good enough for the regular DCU. We have to uh, make them 25 years younger. No one wants to read about old people, right? (laughs) So, all right. You know what, Dave? Quickly, we're almost out of time. We actually have two minutes. So, give me your final thoughts in 30 seconds or less with your percentage.
2: Final thoughts. I was really surprised actually going back retrospectively and looking at this. I used to remember I hated this hated this series. Mm -hmm. I hated it from issue one because I was like, this isn't John, forget this. (laughs) Yeah. But retrospectively now I do see that there is some charm behind it, especially when you actually take the chance to step back and see where, where it all leads up to. And I'm like going, you know what, without this, I'm not going to get arguably one of the funnest stories I've, I've read in a long time and be the better man. Yeah, so what's it, your percentage? My percentage on this one, surprisingly, is not very low. Yeah. It's I, I would give this a 68. Okay. A 68, which
0: is, it's a comic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm okay. not going to bash it. All right. <laughs> I'm going to give this a 70% because it isn't horrible. Yeah. Now, if this was seven years ago, I probably wouldn't have given it 27%. <laughs> Five, but seven <laughs> years later, and it's not as bad as people remember. There are some solid story aspects. There are elements within Lemire's story that's begging story elements that are that's begging to be told. And so you never with, got to it too. Yes, and it's a little frustrating. But the concept and and much of what we're working with is solid and it works. So 70%. All right. That does conclude our discussion on John Constantine volume one. I want to thank everyone for listening and please remember we do all of this because we're just nice gentlemen and we do need the help from our listeners. So if you want to help us be able to continue to do these discussions and shows, head over to our Patreon page Patreon.com slash ringman digital and pledge one dollar or more a month. And you'll gain access to additional discussions and shows and it helps us stay on the air. Every little bit helps. Thank you, David. Thank you. And good night.
2: Work on your mantra like Tommy Willow Tree.
0: Jesus. Not gonna work, David. <laughs> We're trying to make fetch happen.
1: Kabucha.
0: <laughs> okay, maybe that one.
1: <laughs> my name is John Constantine. I'm the one who steps from the shadows, all trench coat and arrogance. I'll drive your demons away, kick them in the bollocks, and spit on them when they're down. Leaving only a nod and a wink and a wisecrack. I'll walk my path alone. Because let's be honest. who be crazy enough to walk it with me